0: Hello, everybody. This is Geek with Supply Chain Radio. We are live here from the floor with Heidi Benko. Heidi, how are hey, you? Hey,
1: I'm great. How I, are you?
0: You know, I'm honestly, I feel honored that you're doing your first podcast. <laughs> That's with,
1: sad. With, I, <laughs> not, no. not that it's with you, but it's sad that I'm doing. Yes, your
0: first you should podcast. do more of these. But now that you're going to do this, is going to be your first one. We expect to have you on supply chain radio many times because you are a wealth of knowledge and obviously a well-versed person in this space. So first, Heidi, since this is your first episode, why don't you give us a little background on who you are and what do you do?
1: So I run solution strategy and marketing for enforced supply chain management solutions. So that covers everything from supply chain planning, warehouse management, G2Nexus, the commerce network. I've been with, you know, GT Nexus since 1999, developing a number of our products and just kind of leading the way and where we need to go with those products.
0: Cool. Well, it sounds like you've seen and done a lot, obviously. Seen and done a lot. Yeah. So Heidi, we are here, and one of the big topics that we've seen, you know, we were together at Inform, and then I was at Gartner a few weeks ago, and, and one of the big topics that we're seeing that we have just announced and we're doing on work around is this whole concept of the Control Center. Can you give us a little bit, because we've heard these topics, right? You've been in the industry a while, I've been in the industry a while. We've heard them from control towers to command modules, et cetera, et cetera. So what is the control center? What should our listeners, what should get them excited about this?
1: So, you know, with control center, it's really how am I going to manage my supply chain now and in the future, right? Ways companies run supply chain has to change. And I think Control Center and what we're releasing is the obvious evolution of that. So basically what it does is we connect all the supply chain flows end to end. So you think about all those internal systems, ERP, WMS planning, those enterprise systems with our network native applications, the G2 Nexus commerce network. And what that does is provides end to end visibility. And then visibility is just that foundation. So then what we do is because it's all that visibility and its data, Right, it's the data of the network, and it's not just connections like an EDI connection, it's actually from a network perspective running what we call network native applications. So there's processes that are inherently multi-party, and how do you manage those processes? And, and that's what we do. So it provides that real-time visibility of what's going on in the supply chain, and then it's aggregating that up in a way so it's real-time insights. So we're keeping all that data in memory and then it's a new visualization layer on top of that, so users get to see what's going on in the supply chain. Yep. And then if you think about the concept of control towers, it's all about visibility, and then kind of that, you know, in the past it's been analytics or intelligence, alerts, right? Right. Right. What we're doing with Control Center is more intelligence. It's not just alerts. I don't want to alert you to everything, late shipment, late shipment, or something's not moving. I want to alert you on what's really important. Oh, uh, okay. Right. So what we're doing with Control Center is merging up. Uh, the Commerce Network and all that end-to-end ERP and planning, all that end-to-end supply chain information with our Coleman AI. Mm. So that intelligence and really the Coleman AI is monitoring the supply chain. So looking for something like there's a late shipment. Got it. Okay, there's a late shipment, but is it important? Looking, does that cause a stock out? Yep. Because if it doesn't, I don't need you to focus on it. Right,
0: right. But if it
1: does, I need you to focus on it and be able to tell you, what's a cause, what production issue, what customers are impacted? so that intelligence, so that way users don't spend all their time trying to figure out what's going on, is something on time late, and what's the impact, you immediately know the impact.
0: So this evolution, what it sounds like, Heidi, is that it's not just telling me, well, first of all, it's table stakes, identifying whether there's gonna be an issue in my supply chain, so that, that sounds like it's table stakes. But what this is doing is employing some of that artificial intelligence, and machine learning on top of it, to then almost make a smart hierarchical choice, is that correct? Like, To your point, hey, there's an outage, my ship is delayed out of the port of Shenzhen, it's not gonna get Long Beach for another three days overtime, but if I look through my supply chain, what it tells me is that, hey, it's not gonna have an impact on my supply chain, so don't worry about it. Exactly. But this other situation over here, let's say coming out of the port of of Seoul, that's gonna now have an impact where I'm gonna have a stock out in three weeks, now I have to take action. Are we also saying that is the machine going to tell us what actions to take, or is the machine going to help give us a choice of actions?
1: Both. So, first, it starts off by pulling together those insights and starting to get more predictive, right? So, one of the things by looking at all the data we can predict in the future is that going to cause an impact? It's not that. There's a shipment issue now. The other thing is, you know, it could be something like we're gonna sense because we're observing all this network flows, port congestion, that's going to impact your future shipments. And those future shipments are going to cause a stock out. So when it's predicting and then providing you, here's the information you need to make the decision, right? So here's stock at another location. Here's how you reroute the shipment. And then getting more prescriptive because the more data, the more a machine can learn and make the decisions, it starts to prescribe. Got it. And then the users can see, well, you know, prescribing the right decision, I take the action, and whoa, that's actually the right decision. Right. Over time, then it becomes more, you know, just put that on autopilot. But it is a journey. It's both the intelligence in context, yep. and then also being more prescriptive. Okay. Now,
0: if we take some of this, you know, again, maybe, you touched upon it, but can you talk a bit more about, you know, we're talking very much now about the flow of goods, the flow of inventory. Is the control center gonna also take a look at the flow of finances?
1: It is, yep. One of the things that we have on the data is the flow of capital. Right, so you know we're starting off with a lot of those, everybody always thinks supply chain is the physical supply chain problems. But if you think about all the data we have in the network where we have who's taking financing, what types of rates, so there's also the flow of funds and opportunities there to find opportunities to leverage those in different ways.
0: So I think that's an important thing for us to point out, right, it's our mentality when it comes to supply chain and the command centers, control center, control towers, however you want to call it, has always been more on the physical aspect of yeah. it. But I think what's important to stress here is that it's the physical, and the financial. Yeah. Okay.
1: And it, just to kind of elaborate on that, when we kind of look for signals, a signal and we use the term signal, signals something is happening, right? It could be that we've sensed ports congestion or you know, a signal that obviously we get alert something's late, or a signal could be something's not moving, but another signal could be, you know, supplier bankruptcy. Right. right. There could be all sorts of signals that we can sense about a supply chain, or, you know, a production line at a supplier isn't moving, right? Right. Because we're not seeing shipments come out. That you could sense, and that's more on the, you know, what's going on there.
0: Right. That's interesting, so I think it's it's great. It's this notion of seeing the physical, the financial, using both as opportunities to find signals ahead of time of what's happening. So if we look out, you know, let's say five, 10, 15 years, do you think that this control center and other parts of our supply chain using more artificial intelligence, are we just gonna bow down to our robot overlords and have them run our supply chains? And Skynet. Skynet is coming and, and you know we, we will just be sitting there fighting for our survival, or, or is the control center really much more of, again, a tool, very powerful tool, but enables our supply chain professionals to do their job better, more efficiently, and more strategically?
1: Definitely letter. I mean, you'll never replace people. There's always something that's going to require human decision or interaction, but it's going to let people make better decisions smarter, which helps them improve you know, their results for their company and their company's results and makes them more valuable employees. You know, We're also seeing talent shortages. Mm, so how do right. you do more with less and giving people the right tools to do their job?
0: Yeah. One last question for you, Heidi, too. When you project out, again, five years, and we're no longer being run by the robot overlord, so that's a good thing. But if we look at this control center, do you see this as being a tool primarily for the executives, primarily for those sort of mid-tier, for the people on the actual line, so someone at a factory line or at a port or someone who's who's got responsibility for a very specific part of supply chain. Is this going to be something where there's going to be different flavors across the board or how do you see it projecting?
1: Right, now that's a great question. So it's for everybody, but different views. And the reason that we're calling it a control center. Yep. It's not a control tower. As control towers, what we've seen is typically I've got my planning control tower and it's built by my planning business unit, right? And that's siloed, right? right. Or in execution, we've seen ones with, you know, it's materials management right. or return. Yeah. That's just more silos and disconnects. So the goal with control center is I'm bringing that end-to-end supply chain picture and aligning all the users that are needed to make those decisions. So, using that shipment impact, right? So let's say I predict a late shipment, there's 10 items, but only two cause a stockout. I can focus my transportation teams and my inventory teams on the two, right? So you can focus on it. So it's both user-based as well as, because we've got all the supply chain data in one place, how are we performing on those decisions? You know, if we knew about that issue yep. sooner, we resolved it, that performance information, that goes up to the execs. So it's for everybody, but it's gotta be configured by the user. And because it's data, and how you visualize in those insights, it's easy to create different views because you're just slicing data in different and, ways. Right,
0: right. So I sa- I know I said one last question, but I actually have one, one last question. One, one, one. Now, if our audience is listening and saying, you know, Heidi, this is really interesting. We're really interested in this, but oh my goodness, we can't even get visibility to our warehouses yet, right? We're still working on that. And we have disjointed SNOPs operations. And oh, by the way, you know, our TMS is dysfunctional. So you know what? This is too advanced for us. What do you say to that listener? You know, can they see value from the get-go, or is it something where they have to sort of wait? Everything's air quotes here. Perfect.
1: No, great question. So it's definitely you can take baby steps. It requires that you digitally transform your processes. Where you start, you make a choice. But there's no more email. You cannot function that way, right? <laughs> right. So I think companies that think I can keep doing things the same way, you cannot anymore. Like we've been talking about digital transformation for a couple years. Yes it's starting to sink in, but I think when people hear about what I can do with AI and the differentiation that my competition is going to get, you have to, right? So you're going to have to take whatever process you started, whether it's going to be transportation or planning, that has to be digital. Yep. Then you start there and you start getting better insights, right, and then you start connecting in. So you can start at different places, even with our control center, that's going to start lighting up issues and opportunities. The more you connect in, you know, your warehouse information, the transportation information, your supplier information, the more insights you're gonna get about end-to-end impacts and systemic impacts, and it's just gonna get smarter. But you don't have to be paralyzed with like, where do I start? We can start in different places and still get value.
0: Great, Heidi, this has been awesome. So again, this is Supply Chain Radio. Heidi, thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Supply Chain Radio, thank you so much.